welcome back to What's She Watching podcast. I'm Shelly. Hello, I'm Andrea. We're glad you're back again. Always. Yes, we're always glad you're back. This is our Mm -hmm. second episode of Oscars, um, Best Picture nominees. Um, Not necessarily necessarily from this past year, just of all time. Yes. And um, there's so many to choose from. There's so many to choose from. Um, We kind of discussed this last week, but our criteria is if it has been nominated for a Best Mm -hmm. Picture. Yeah, it's on the list. So it's on the list. We've got two amazing ones for you this year. I mean, today, this I week. Think so. I yes, think so. and I think it's interesting. We did a movie from '93 and a movie from wait '92 and '93 and '94. Yes, '94. Mm-hmm. Yes, both so, very dramatic. Yes. Um, yes. Pretty dark. You know, you might want to. Mm-hmm. Watch something happy afterward, but oh my god, these movies are fabulous. They are. I so Shelly, which one are you discussing I, today? Yeah, I'm gonna discuss the classic uh Shawshank Redemption. It's a which classic. Is, and I'll talk about it a little bit more. It was not that popular when it came out, but it's crazy. I dare you to try to find somebody who does not love this movie. Um yeah, it's one of the best. Yeah, my favorite Morgan Freeman movie of all time. Oh yeah. Um, if you don't like this movie, and I, you know, people, I mean, I think there's like a category of film people that are like a little too elite and snobbish sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes. they're just like. So I've read some stuff about both of these films that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. And like we were just talking about Forrest Gump and how people like don't like that movie now. Anyway, if my whole point is if you don't like Shawshank Redemption, then I I just really think that you just need to reevaluate some things in your life. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like it, I get just it. Just kidding. It's, it's just dark. kidding. It's Stephen King. Yes. You know, but it is so good. It, it's it's a redemption story, and it's really it a is. story about how you keep your values mm-hmm. under the hope. most keeping hope under the most insane and like dark circumstances and it's yeah. it's just it's phenomenal like i i just mm-hmm. love the story um yeah. and then the way it mm-hmm. was put to film is just absolutely perfect i think i um, agree i agree what movie and are I'm you totally doing? i'm totally joking about my comments about not liking it everything is subjective right all art absolutely. is subjective Yes. Yeah. Anyway, just, I am. Yes, I am doing the 1993 Jane Campion classic, The Piano. The mm. Piano, not, not to be mistaken for like the pianist. Mm-hmm. That can be easily said wrong in a very funny manner, or mm-hmm. not to be mistaken for the piano teacher or anything. It's just the piano the starring Holly. The piano starring Holly Hunter, Anna Paquin, uh, Sam Neill, and Harvey Keitel. It's a fabulous cast. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. The cinematography, beautiful. 
is just unbelievable in the wardrobe, uh, the costumes. I, I can't. It's just absolutely it's, gorgeous. It is a gorgeous movie. It's an odd movie and I mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's weird. I think it um it's supposed to be weird and it's supposed to be unsettling. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have that feeling to it. I think it's like a gothic romance a little Very bit. Gothic. Yeah. Yes. Um, it feels like it, it was a work of, you know, literary fiction, but it's not, it's an original Mm -hmm. screenplay from Jane Campion and she directed it, but to, and, and we'll discuss it more, but it's just, it's a underrated gem, I feel like. And I think it, um, it's one of my favorite dramas. Like, yeah, it's a great period piece Mm -hmm. and little baby Anna Paquin is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. She was so good. She's so cute, but so expressive, and such a great little actress. Mm-hmm. She and well, again, we'll get into like the Oscar trivia for it. But she was the second youngest winner for support. She won supporting actress. Anyway, second youngest behind Amazing. Tatum O'Neill. Yes. Anyway. We'll get into all of that here in just a, yeah. in a little bit. Shelly, what have you been watching this past week? Well, it's been kind of a hectic week, so I haven't mm-hmm. gotten around to watching too much. But I have watched some episodes of season four of Fargo because I Ooh. want to get caught up on season yes. five. Yes. And season four is, it's dark. It's dark. Is it's it? It's got um, Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's got some other actors, but he's, <laughs> he's you know, the main actor in that mm-hmm. one. And it's really an interesting kind of like two rival gangs um, in, and I don't even know what city it is, but it's huh? in the 1950s. Okay. It's around the start of the civil rights era. You've got huh? an Italian family and you've got a black you know, family, mm-hmm. both crime families trying to battle it out for control of this area and just the links that these people go to. And then yeah. you have this wacky nurse on the side who's just <laughs> crazy. Yes. Um, it's a really interesting story and I I love it. I can't wait to see how it ends. Um, cool. There's just a lot of nuance to it, <laughs> but you know, it's very, Coen Brothers didn't write this, but they definitely have a hand in it and it has that feel to it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, we, speaking of Fargo, we finished season two. I'm not sure if we had finished it last week when we talked about it, but we finished it. I think maybe we had anyway. Um, season two is incredible. It ended just perfect. Season three, we just started season three, episode one last night. So we've got Ewan McGregor mm. playing the two characters. Um, Carrie Coon is mm-hmm. in it. Um, oh my gosh, I just went blank. I love her. She's playing mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor's girlfriend. I love Carrie Andra- Coon. I love Carrie Coon. Andra, why did I just forget her name? Hold on, Cassie's in. Three, as I am Googling this. Well, I Um, only remember Chris Rock of mine. You know, I can't remember (laughs) anybody else. Like, I just, 
I was talking, of course, you know, talking about the show with someone and just spouted her name like it was nothing. Like I knew what I was talking about. And then we get to the pod and I'm like, Ugh, can't but that's remember how it, That's how it goes. When you need it, it's not there. It's not there. And of course, there's so many casts in seasons and they all come up and I'm not quickly going to find it, but I will think of it. And people that know are screaming her name. She was in Birds of Prey. I love her. She, I think, is with Ewan McGregor in real life. I think okay. there are a couple. Mm. Okay. Winstead, uh, Mary, oh, God. Here we go. What a great start. Ewan McGregor. Are you Googling it, Shelly? I'm, I'm IMDBing it. Okay. So I Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mary it. Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's it. <laughs> Woo. Way to go yeah. through all that. Yes. Um. Yes. So she's in this third season first season the first episode uh was great i've also read that people maybe didn't like third or fourth the third and fourth season but i'm in like we're in it i'm in fargo Mm -hmm. mode so i have enjoyed everything that we have watched thus far so yeah um shelly did you watch true detective of course i watched true detective the penul- oh, the penultimate episode. My God. Yeah. I don't know how there's only six episodes. I don't know how they're yeah. gonna wrap it up in one episode. My one jaw episode. was on the floor through half the thing. I was just not prepared for everything that happened. And it was amazing. I know. But also just like what? What? No. A shocker. Another shocker of an ending. Mm-hmm. That I did not see coming. No, we won't spoil it. We won't spoil no. it. it. Yeah. But if you haven't watched it, oh my God, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Watch season watch one it. if you haven't watched mm-hmm. season one, and then just skip on to season four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's just no do it that correlation way. with mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. two and three. There's no reason, like, the stories are so mm-hmm. different. Uh-huh. There's no looping back to season one in those two seasons so there's and and i'm not saying that season three was bad it wasn't it was good season but it's not like this season this season is intense Mm -hmm. and oh my god it's good it's it's straight out of a horror movie honestly it is yeah it is it has all the elements to a horror story but also Mm -hmm. a, a cool dark twisted detective story all combined into one i think i read that it has hbo i think they released that it's got pretty high viewership numbers for them this this year yeah. so that's good i, I that's don't good. doubt it yeah i don't doubt it because it's mm-hmm. phenomenal I, I think it's just great um i think people like watching jodie foster and i think that's another reason why it's so popular is they want to watch jodie so foster good. She's so she good, is. and she's not like I've said this before, but she's not a likable character in this show. She's not. You just do not like her because she's such a bitch. But she's great. <laughs> she's great because yeah. her character is. You know, she's just yeah. a fabulous, fabulous actress. She is. Um, Shelly. Oh, we watched a movie that I've been dying to watch. Finally, 
uh, we broke down and just bought the movie. It's called Eileen. Mm-hmm. And this is Thomas and McKenzie and Anne Hathaway starring in kind of a dark sapphic uh, thriller that takes takes a turn and takes a twist. But I loved it. I loved every second Eileen. of it. Okay. Eileen. I'm not sure. Sh- we just digitally bought it. Um, I'm thinking it might show up. Where did I think it's going to show up? I think it might show up on Hulu eventually. But anyway, I hope so. Well, I'll keep my eyes peeled. You know, oh, I like was, dark thrillers. You would like this. It takes a, it's a very nice twist. It takes a dark turn and it's just, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm here for and it. Anne Hathaway in this movie is so freaking pardon me but she's just sexy in this movie she's has a blonde hair she's got blonde hair she's playing like this psychologist in a in a men's um mental institution back in like the 50s uh yeah she's so good i love Anne hathaway mm-hmm. i love her i love her no she's great mm. i'll have to check that one out because that sounds yes right up my alley Yes. It's like, oh, jaw on the floor when the twist comes. Holy cow. I didn't see that coming. That's great. Um, So highly recommend Eileen. I'm very happy we finally got to watch it. That's been on my radar for a very long time. Very. Anything sapphic, I'm like, TikTok, hurry up. I need to watch it. it. I need to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> that's Shelly, a lot any movies did you watch and you get to any I other did not movies have any time to watch two. movies this weekend mm. it's just you know we had super bowl sunday i went to a super bowl party mm-hmm. saturday i was at uh, my yeah. cousin's house it's just mm-hmm. it's been a crazy week so yeah. i didn't i didn't have much time but hopefully this week i can shelly two things to discuss before we get to our picks Number one is Happy Galentine's Day. It is Happy officially Galentine's, Galentine's Day, Day. What's Galentine's Where, Day? The best day of the year. Day for you. <laughs> yes. To quote Leslie Nope from one of the best TV shows of all time, Parks and Recreation. If y'all did not know, that's where Galentine's Day comes from. Um, I wish we could do a Parks and Rec like deep dive uh-huh. or something. We gotta figure out how to do TV shows. We got, we do. We gotta figure it out. We will. We've discussed we'll it. We've discussed it a lot, and just how to break down TV mm-hmm. and discussing it. Um. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. Number two is we will be seeing each other in person coming mm-hmm. up this weekend because we're going to go to a concert that I'm super so pumped about. We're going to see Grace Potter um in concert and we're gonna get to stay with you and it's gonna be great we're gonna have a party it's gonna be a blast yeah, party we're gonna have a party yes. with the puppies yeah go see grace we're gonna have a we're gonna eat at the granada theater it's gonna be so yes. much fun i'm it so will happy be. me too so we'll we'll have a re- full report for our concert event next week oh yes yes <laughs> we always find people. a way to get into some kind of trouble <laughs> oh gosh 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, no trouble, I hope. I hope. Yeah. I know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, Shelly. Yeah. All right. So, shall we get into our movies? Let's get into our movies. You're going first this week with yes. uh, the piano. And I cannot piano. wait to talk about this movie. It's just so good. Okay. So, the piano, like I said, 1993. Uh, Jane Campion, for those of y'all that do not know, Jane Campion is just a highly regarded female director. She is from New Zealand. Um, she has directed a, a really good handful of movies. Let me, um, let me, I mean, I should have had this up, but we'll, um, like, I don't know. Recently she did, uh, The Power of the Dog, which I loved that movie. And she actually won, um, director that year. So that, I think that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think history. it was maybe 20. 22 22 yes um that movie's on netflix y'all can watch that but like she's made some movies back in the 90s there was a movie called sweetie that i love um she's done a movie called bright star which i think is maybe her best movie that a lot of people don't know about have you seen bright star shelly okay let me um let me pull up the page but um, Bright Star came out in nine, uh, in 2009 and it starred Abby Cornish and Ben Winshaw. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a, it's another romantic drama film about, um, Ben Winshaw plays John Keats. So the poet John Keats. Okay. Um, it's, it's so good. Anyway, she's made just. Great movies. I don't think she has a bad movie. She, oh, man, we could talk about Jane Campion a mm-hmm. lot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Portrait of a Lady. That was like yep. Nicole Kidman's movie, 1996. There was a movie Meg Ryan made called In the Cut that came out in 2003 mm-hmm. that people hated when it came out. But now this is a movie that is like, it's been reevaluated and like appreciated for it. Um, if y'all haven't, it's Meg Ryan and Mark Ruffalo. Have you watched that one, Shelley? I haven't watched cut. that one. I've heard of that one. I have not watched yes. that one. Okay. It's good. It's good. It's a dark, very dark, twisted, um, like detective story. And it's, it's really good. Anyway. Okay. Jane Campion, The Piano. I will give y'all the brief synopsis about what this movie is. So, um, it stars Holly Hunter, who is a, another favorite, I think, of both oh. of ours. I just, She's just I phenomenal. She is. We've discussed She's underrated her. in so oh many ways. God. So underrated. Just completely. Um, her character name's Ada McGrath. She's like a young Scottish woman, and she's got a young daughter. Um, we don't really know why she's a mute, but the opening line is like, this is my inside pretty much like... This is my mind's voice. This is not my speaking voice. Uh I'm a mute. I was like a mute at the age of six. So she doesn't talk. She uses sign language and a notepad. Uh, But she has a piano that she, uh, that really is kind of a metaphor for her speaking Uh voice and her expression of everything. 
Um, so she kind of gets, um, I don't know, an arranged marriage, if you will, possibly even sold or bought. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I heard Jane Campion describe it in that way. So I was like, ah. It's definitely you know. a business. Or it's an arrangement, yes. a marriage that's like a business deal definitely. for both of them. Yes. So they're coming from, I think, like Scotland. I think they're both Scottish. Over to New Zealand to have this arranged marriage with Sam Neill's character played by his Sam Neill's character name is Alistair Stewart. And, um, he's really kind of a, I don't know what the word is, a, what am I trying to think of? Mean. Anyway. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he's mean. He, uh, God, it's a word I'm just thinking of. It cannot come. Anyway, they meet, um, the piano comes with her. That's like her most prized possession on this beach. It's stormy. They finally make it to the beach. Um, he does not let her bring the piano, even though she insists that she has to have her piano. So they leave it on the beach. Um, and then, uh, Harvey Keitel's character comes, he's like like a friend of Alistair, I guess, in a way, Mm -hmm. or just like a business, uh, they work together or something. Um, and he actually goes to get the piano for her, puts it in his house, kind of buys it. And then they come up with this arrangement for her to play the piano with him, but kind of in exchange for some like sexual favors, mm-hmm. if you There's will. There's some pro quo going on there. There is. So that's very strange. But, um, you know, you had the two two sides of the coin here. You had the the husband of hers that didn't want the piano at all for her. And then the other one that got the piano, but wanted some sexual favors in, mm-hmm. in return for it. But um, they end up falling in love and there's some like the, the husband finds out about the affair. Um, gosh, in a horrible, hor- like he's a violent, he's a, he's a very cold, distant, violent, abusive man. Um, very traditional very traditional in a certain way Mm -hmm. yes yes expects her to initiate any sort of um physical affection with him like Mm -hmm. that's just what he expects and so he's just waiting for that from her um anyway so he finds out about the affair and actually in a very horrible scene chops off her finger with an axe after he finds out about it. So thus mm-hmm. she can't play the piano anymore. And I think he even says, I chopped your wing off. Like I chopped your wing off mm-hmm. because that was her, you know, that was her life and her expression on how she expressed anything was through that piano. Um, so they end up, they end up uh, escaping, if you will, back on a boat with the piano. She, He's Harvey Keitel's characters insistent on bringing the piano with them, but it's going to capsize the boat. So there's that final scene where she jumps down with the, she releases the piano, the piano catches her, the, the rope catches her and throws her overboard and she's sinking with the piano. 
um, that just means so much, you know, metaphorically and mm-hmm. the, sim- the symbolism behind that and just the visual of that was just so well done. That whole final scene. Anyway, she ends up getting saved, but without her piano. Um, and then her and her daughter and Harvey Keitel's character um, just kind of find a new life. And that's that's the gist of that's that's the movie that's in a nutshell again if i uh no that's that was a good synopsis no it was really (laughs) good because it's it's got a lot of you know twists and turns to it but that's Mm -hmm. overall what happens um yes yeah she falls in love with a man that's not her husband her right. husband was a contract. It was a contract marriage. Yes. And he was not yep. a loving man. Um, he was not. No. No. Um, Harvey Keitel's character's name, Baines. That's his name. Uh, George Baines. I keep mm. saying that wrong. But um, yes. So it's just, it's very interesting. This whole, um, the whole storyline of this movie um, it's just so it's just fascinating like I said earlier it, it came from Jane Campion's head but when you watch this movie it feels like this is like a like a classic novel I think mm-hmm. like it could have been taken from something that has been around for a hundred years you know what I mean it's Did very you get that yeah, feeling? it's very similar to something that Jane Austen would have written or one of the yes. Broadway sisters it has yes. that vibe mm-hmm. <clears throat> Totally. So a couple of little fun facts about it is um, Holly Hunter plays the piano in the movie and she played the piano like she knew how to play the piano before filming this movie. So she learned all the works, all the score, all that stuff. She went to a studio and played, recorded it. Um, And so in the movie, she's playing the piano, but she like, that's her playing, which I just did not know that she was like a classically trained pianist. Um, In all the interviews, she talked about how awful her form, like she was always very self-conscious because she never learned how to play with good form. She just learned how to play. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have the classical, you know, pianist form, um, which Jane Campion... No, which I think Jane Campion actually like loved, and I thought I mm-hmm. think she thought that was a something positive that just spoke to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had to learn. Well, she she learned the score, she played all of it, and then she also had to learn a Scottish form of sign language, which she had to learn um, from scratch. Just a very specific Scottish alphabet sign language because they are Scottish. So she signs in the movie. Um, She does not speak one line in this movie, only the voiceover at the beginning and at the end is like her voice in in the movie. So she's completely silent. Anna Paquin Um, speaks a lot for her. Anna Paquin speaks a lot. and Oh, she's just a little spitfire. I love her in this movie. Is. And she gets herself into some trouble too. Well... She is the one that uh, kind of uh, made the affair uh, mm-hmm. told. Anyway, there's a there's a part in the movie where Holly Hunter's character writes on a key from the piano that basically tells Baines that you have my whole heart. Um, 
and she wants her daughter to go give that to Baines. Instead, her daughter goes and gives it to the husband. <laughs> Thus she began like upset that she didn't get something. I don't remember how that played out, but yes, they got into a. I remember they got into a pretty big argument. Um, I forget what all led to that. Um, it was pretty childish. But it was. He didn't realize yeah. the ramifications of her actions mm -mm. in doing no, that. No, no, she didn't. Uh, and I think it showed pretty well that she regretted that decision pretty quickly, mm -hmm. especially after her abusive husband gets her out in the mud. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, that whole sequence was shot so beautifully and so it wonderful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Her like big in the hoop skirt in uh, the dirt. Yes. Falling in the dirt with the little with the finger chopped off. Um anyway, just just incredible cinematography. So that's another thing I was gonna tell you. Like Jane Campion, I love learning about directors like process on all of this stuff. But she um she also likes to she hand draws her storyboard so like we talked about Sofia Coppola like does photography like photographs for storyboard um Jane Campion draws like she's an illustrator so she draws out every scene she has the visual in her head already and she draws it out and she's worked with the same cine cinematographer for a long time like they've worked on pretty much everything um together and so they have this like really good working relationship um so she tells you know him this is the storyboard have all my scenes drawn out and she will give him the mood the colors that she wants so in this movie they use a lot of like just the, the grays and the blues mm -hmm. in this movie and the greens um and it's like just dark, a, rich gothic dark, colors rich, yes wanted it to look gothic um, she had that in mind. Um, she also just drew out, I mean, she draws out the costumes and how she wants the costumes to look and everything. And it's just, it just fascinates me that people have like, they have this in their head and they just like draw it out. I mean, mm -hmm. again, it's an original story. Like she created the story. Um, it's a complete original. And I think now in our time where everything is a sequel, everything's a sequel. It's IP. Everything's IP. Nothing's original anymore. It's like these movies uh, are just so meaningful. Like to have something original like this. Um, I just, I think it's great. She won. She was the first woman, first woman to win the prestigious Palm Adore at the Cannes Film Festival for this film, um, and she was only the second woman nominated for Best Director at this Oscars. The second at, at the nineteen ninety four Oscars, she was the second in ninety four, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So Anna Paquin, um, she was 11 when she won the Oscar. So Tatum O'Neill won for, um, oh, that movie she made with her dad. 
She won at 10 and Anna Paquin was 11 when she won Best Supporting Actress. Holly Hunter won Best Actress um, for this role. And Jane Campion won Best Original Screenplay for this movie. Um, so I will, let me, let me give you the list of actresses that Holly Hunter was up against, mm-hmm. uh, for this year. It's, I mean, it's, it's really a great year. We were just talking about how great these couple of years were for movies. Okay. Actress in a leading role was Holly Hunter. You had Angela Bassett for what's love got to do with it. Playing Tina Turner. Um, Stalker Channing, Six Degrees of Separation, Emma Thompson, The Remains of the Day, and Deborah Winger for Shadowlands. And Holly Hunter won. Um, For Anna Paquin's uh, category, you had... This was fascinating because Holly Hunter was um, nominated for for actress and supporting actress. Let me get that. Yes, so they were, like, up against each other. Um, Interesting. Isn't it? Okay, so it was Anna Paquin, and then you had Holly Hunter for The Firm, um, Rosie Perez in Fearless, Winona Ryder for The Age of Innocence, and Emma Thompson again. So Emma was a double nominee that year, and so was Holly Hunter that year. So, um... So for directing, Jane Campion was nominated. She was up against Steven Spielberg for Schindler's List, um, which he won. Jim Sheridan in The Name of the Father, James Ivory, The Remains of the Day, and Robert Altman for Shortcuts. And then let me get to Best Picture, shall we? Okay, Best Picture, Schindler's List won. The Fugitive, In the Name of the Father, The Piano, and The Remains of the Day were the the uh, movies big nominated. Movies. Big yes. movies. 93 was just a big movie year. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. general. It was. Um, I find it fascinating that, let's see, for some reason I find The Fugitive getting nominated for Best Picture kind of like, an outlier like that's weird mm-hmm. Fugitive that was a good movie mm-hmm. but like it was an action it was in movie 90s. very yeah. 90s they never nominate action movies like that so that that's mm-hmm. kind of odd don't you think yeah anyway yeah that's my take on it um so let's see <sighs> I think that's all my uh, my fun facts and trivia about about it. Do you do you remember when you first saw it? I was older when I like I probably first watched this movie when I worked at Blockbuster. Like that was probably mm-hmm. the first time, and that was probably like I don't know, two thousand seven when I first mm-hmm. watched it. Yeah, Embar- I was older too. Embarrassingly, yes. I mean, it's just one that you like. I you you gotta watch. Like it's one another one that it's well, and it's you like need to I watch. heard the score and the soundtrack mm-hmm. long before I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love the score for this. Love it. Everything it's about beautiful. this movie is beautiful. The cinematography, the music, the costumes, 
the acting, I just like, we can't overstate that enough, but like Holly Hunter in this movie is doing so much with her face. Mm -hmm. She's the whole story is told through her and she doesn't talk a word, Mm -hmm. but she plays the piano. She signs, she, her facial expressions all like she could have been a silent movie star just by this movie because everything has to be expressed on your face she Um, emotes very well she does and i read a i read like a 30-year like review on it and so many actresses of our day um like maggie gyllenhaal and anne hathaway and like ladies that we love to talk about they all reference the piano as being like a huge influence for them to get into acting and like Holly Hunter in this movie was like a huge influence influence mm-hmm. for them um that she really inspired a new generation to to get into acting and they all kind of aspired to be Holly Hunter in this well, movie she's just she can do she's another one that can is just so versatile she can do super dramatic roles like this one she can be mm-hmm. hilarious and like raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. She's just great. Underrated. What's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't understand why. She, ugh, anyway, it kind of like makes me mad that somebody like her, you know, she's older now. She's not old. She's older, mm-hmm. but it's just um, like, she needs to be working. She's, Maybe she doesn't want to be working. I don't know. Maybe she wants out of the spotlight. But um, I would love to see her come back and do something extraordinary Mm -hmm. sometime soon. I'd love it just to see her. Did you watch Top of the Lake or did you hear about that show? I have not. That was that? Okay. That was another Jane Campion show that she did like a mini series. A few years back, it starred Elizabeth Moss. Holly Hunter was in it. It took place in New Zealand. Um, also a very dark, dark, gringy um, murder detective show. So I don't know where well, that's. New Zealand is such a beautiful backdrop for any no. film. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way it this movie shot is there's so much emphasis on the landscape because it's like early settlement days it looks like i mean i know they have you know a lot Mm -hmm. of the native like uh maori people yes um, on the island you can tell Mm -hmm. they're just starting to colonize it and um that comes into play because and and i feel like that helps you you feel the helplessness of her character because she doesn't have anywhere to go Mm-mm. um no she's got her daughter she's got yeah you know her lover and then she's got her mm-hmm. mean husband so yeah she's got um yeah this movie is very much about like a woman's voice and choice and mm-hmm. um the piano symbolizes her actual expression of her voice um and that just means everything to her and so mm-hmm. this movie really is like uh it's i don't know i've also read a lot of people say that it just has the wrong ending like some people thought maybe she should have not lost her piano and maybe she would have just found a new life with her piano and her daughter instead of going with the very controversial baines character you know i don't know 
I think the ending is perfect, actually. I love the ending. I like that they found a new life together, that she had hope. I do, too. She yes. was able to find what she wanted, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the piano at that point to her symbolized the abuse that she had just suffered. Mm-hmm. And the she lost her finger through abuse. Um, through that, you know, that was a memory that she, it's, that piano now is forever just kind of tainted and almost, mm-hmm. you know, took her and almost mm-hmm. like all of it just, it's, you know, it mm-hmm. silenced her literally. Right. And so she didn't, she didn't want that memory, I don't think. And so just that ending shot with her going overboard with it, tied, tied to it, um, and then setting herself free. Very um, symbolic. Very um, symbolic. What did you identify with any characters in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. I do think this movie has a very universal message about womanhood mm-hmm. and women in general. I think all of Jane Campion's stuff, she is very, very um purposeful in that message and mm-hmm. and I've watched a lot of interviews with her, how she just, she wants women front and center because she grew up not having women front and center and women's stories Mm -hmm. and how she likes bad women. She likes women that are rebellious. She likes women that have their own voice. Um, She writes characters that way. She wrote this character this way. So, um, you know, in that regard, I think we all can relate to just like a woman standing up for herself not not going along with um the status, the status the, like mm-hmm. what she had to do like not going along mm-hmm. with it she rebelled in every way possible mm-hmm. and so i think both of us and i think a lot of women can relate to that mm-hmm. don't you think um, yeah and just women's choice at that time was very mm-hmm. limited and she yeah. was she was a widow with a daughter mm-hmm. so she didn't yes. have many options she was mute yeah. She just didn't have any options. So she had no kind of I mean showcasing what mm-hmm. what happens when you don't allow people to yeah. have, you know, freedom over their lives, you know. Yes, exactly. And I mean she very much literally was pretty much sold into a marriage and mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for. He, his character, he was a colonizer. I mean, I think he was pushing the the uh, I forget the the tribe name, the people in the movie, the um, the natives off their land. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he was giving them jobs, but he was definitely colonizing them. And yeah. Baines was a guy that I think he said something that he turned native, and so he was more on, mm-hmm. you know. Well, there's that, definitely colonialism. Yeah, present yeah. throughout, and just the the dangers yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who do you think stole the show in this one? I mean, it's Holly Hunter's. Uh, I, how can you not say Holly Hunter? It's one of the greatest. I just think it's one of the greatest performances on screen um, in film history. I I would put it up there as the top. But I mean, Anna Paquin is so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she is so great and deserved her Oscar. I mean, yes, at that me age, too. she was probably ten when it 
was filmed. You know, she was so young. Yeah. And to perfect an yeah. Irish brogue while you're that age Truth. and carry it out on screen. I know. With a lot of maturity. <clears throat> I like Anna Paquin. I mm-hmm. and now she's like, I don't know, true blood and uh made some Yeah, I haven't watched True Blood. You didn't watch True Blood? I know, I need to. There's a lot that I haven't watched. I know. That was back in like the like vampires are the biggest thing in the world days. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm. Anyway, I like her. She was fabulous in this. So it's I mean it's it's them. It's both of them. Mm-hmm. I mean Harvey Keitel and uh, Sam Neill were also just fabulous in it. Um, Sam Neill, I feel like, is another underrated actor. He, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows him from Jurassic Park, and he's fabulous in that, but. You watch this movie, you watch Mm -hmm. Event Horizon, you know, he's, he's got a lot of range and versatility Mm -hmm. as well. And yeah, you know, we all love him in Jurassic Park because he's such a loving guy in that, that movie. But then you watch Mm -hmm. this and you're like, no, (laughs) no, you're an asshole, like an abusive asshole. So weird, like just so aloof and cold and like Mm -hmm. just, ugh. Mm -hmm. Um, and Harvey Keitel's characters, you know, he's normally also like the bad gangster type of guy mm-hmm. in all the movies. Like he's the tough guy. Yeah, and... Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Um, I think about him in Thelma and Louise too, mm-hmm. where he's the the detective on their tail. Um, but he, you know, he had an interesting role. Like he was actually kind of sweet sometimes mm-hmm. very weird at first but playing the the sensitive character role in that and mm-hmm. um you know that was a that was a change for him too to play that type of character and mm-hmm. also i might add this is not something that i enjoyed but there is a fully frontal nude scene um featuring harvey Keitel. Uh, which I also find very interesting and fascinating with women directors, how they kind of turn the table mm-hmm. on nudity a little bit. Um, it kind of, it's the female gaze, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think also this is another point I, I want to make is our movies in this culture, we've gotten very, very prudish, um, very prudish in a lot of like romance movies. Like the, there's, not that I'm wanting this or whatever, but there's like sex scenes have just gone away, by the way. They're just gone. This movie has like pretty graphic sex scene in it. And it's kind of like you're not used to that anymore because movies now don't feature scenes like that Unless much it's anymore. Salt burn. And then you just exactly. gotta deal with <laughs> yes. it. Yes. And I forgot about <laughs> how could I forget about salt burn? I don't that know. Famous. That's all I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he said there's male frontal nudity, and I'm like, Saltburn. Yes. Saltburn. <laughs> she brought it back. Emerald Fennel has brought back, uh, like, thank you, Emerald. We mo- appreciate movie you. male frontal straight nudity. Women, straight women everywhere appreciate you, Emerald. Yes, they do. And gay women, when that happens, when on screen, I'll just tell you that all the the gay women go ah when that happens. <laughs> like ah cover our eyes anyway that's what happens no (laughs) oh lordy i know you 
Do you feel like this movie has aged well? Yes, I do. I think it's aged beautifully. I think this is one um, that has also been possibly reevaluated. You know, the Criterion Collection, whenever they re-release or they put out a release of an older movie like this, I feel like it kind of like puts that movie back into mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um so they did a, a release of this movie, I think it was last year, could be wrong, maybe two years ago. But I, I think it got a lot of people talking about this movie, how it's underrated. Jane Campion's underrated, Holly Hunter's underrated. I mean, like, yes. So my answer is this movie has aged perfectly. Well, and perfectly. I think it's aged really well in the fact that women are still, you can still see the struggle of choice with women yes um and this was set Mm -hmm. you know way back in the day um yeah and we're still period piece yeah and we still have the same we're still having the same conversations Uh yeah Uh yeah just on a different different level but Mm -hmm. definitely the same and yeah i just i love how you know she still manages to find her voice even though she doesn't physically have one um, yes mm-hmm. a beautiful yeah. song thank right. you thank you Shelley. thank you thank you yeah. thank you i think that's all i have for it um, if you it? haven't watched it watch it i, I rented it on prime for like 3.99 mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. me too um, yeah it's worth the rent um just it to is. see it because yeah. it, it is a classic it's mm-hmm. it was nominated you know mm-hmm. Anna Paquin, Holly Hunter, they both won. Jane mm-hmm. Campion for screenplay is so good. So good. It is. It is. I hope Jane Campion will do another movie. I know, like, Power of the Dog was a couple years ago. Uh, but I hope she's able to make another one because I, mm-hmm. I, I just enjoy her mind, her talent, her movies. Anyway, that's she's all. Phenomenal. She is. She really is. All right, Shelly, shall we get into some Shawshank? Let's get into some Shawshank. Let's get into Um, some Shawshank. Shawshank came out in 1994, Mm -hmm. so a year after The Piano. Um, This movie, and a lot of people don't know this, is based off of, well, you may know, but this was based off of a short story by Stephen King called uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Um, mm-hmm. It was in one of his short story books. Um, I am a huge Stephen King fan. I love his work. Mm-hmm. His short stories are great. Um, if you haven't read them, I highly encourage you to read some of his short stories and you'll be surprised at some of the ones that are major motion pictures based off of these short stories. This yeah. one, um, this one was done by frank darabont and frank darabont is a huge stephen king fan as well and mm-hmm. you know stephen king his first movie that came out was carrie in the 1970s um after carrie we had of course the shining which stephen king was not a fan not of not a fan um mm-hmm. he and stanley kubrick did not get along at all 
But instead of saying, I'm not going to sell my rights to any more movies, he decided to kind of make sure that the right people got the movies. And in the 1980s, the early 80s, I think it was around 1983, um, shortly after The Shining, he offered different directors and screenplay writers a dollar for the rights to some of his stories. He said, you can buy it for a dollar. So Frank uh, Darabont got um, together with Stephen King and he bought a different movie um, or a different piece from him called uh, The Woman in the Room. Mm. And he it was a short movie. Um, it was in 1984. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King loved the way he did that. Um, in 1994, around the same time as Shawshank came out, he also released the Night Shift Collection, which is the book of short stories that Stephen King wrote and wrote Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. In wow. the Shawshank Redemption, there are some major differences. Obviously, it's a short story. Um, one of the most notable differences is that Red, uh, the character played by Morgan Freeman, was actually like a redheaded Irish guy. Um, And so during the casting, there were a lot of people considered for the part of Red. Um, Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Paul Newman, Gene Hackman, Robert Redford, Robert Duvall. Frank Darabont always had Morgan Freeman in mind. He loved Morgan Freeman in mind because of his demeanor and his Mm -hmm. authoritative presence. This is also the first movie where Morgan Freeman has narrated. So this Ah. kind of kicked off his narration career. Yep. And I mean, Morgan Freeman is a badass in every right. But I mean, he started acting pretty late in the game. I think he Mm -hmm. was like 38, 39 when he started acting. So. Um, Frank Darabont really kind of lobbied to make this movie and he he talked to Stephen King and Stephen King was like you know what I want you making this film mm-hmm. I'll sell it to you for $5,000 wow he never cashed the check he framed what? it and sent it back to wow. Frank Darabont um, just a really cool thing and, and in That's the really note cool. yeah in the note he wrote Frank he said, in case you ever need bail money, here's $5,000. <laughs> so um, that's just kind of a funny little aside. But that's this awesome. movie, when it came out, was considered a box office failure. Insane. It did not make much money. It did not have high praise. It did at, you know, the Oscars. But people were not that into it. Now... Yeah, everybody loves. I try to find someone that doesn't love this movie. This movie is absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just give a little brief overview. So, as many of Stephen King works are, this is set in Portland, Maine, Mm -hmm. um, because most of Stephen King's work is in Maine. This is in Portland, Maine, in 1947. We have a banker named Andy Dufresne, and Andy Dufresne has been arrested, and he arrives at Shawshank State Prison to serve two consecutive life sentences for killing mm-hmm. both his wife and his wife's lover. Um, and Tim Robbins plays Andy Dufresne, 
very meek, mild-mannered man who looks like a banker, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's the role. He shows mm-hmm. up and he obviously doesn't belong in this prison. Um, and he, you know, kind of makes friends with Ellis Red Redding, which is Morgan Freeman's character. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of, we see him trying to adjust to prison life. Um, trigger alert here. Um, he is repeatedly raped um, mm-hmm. by a gang of men. Yeah. Uh, Boggs is the the main guy that he's like the main bully of the crew, mm-hmm. and we they're called the sisters. Yeah, um, yeah. We also see here just the what, what's the word I'm looking for? The corruption of the mm-hmm. prison police, which yes. is a major theme throughout this story. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book. In the story, there are multiple prison guards who kind of act as the warden. The warden kind of, in the movie, kind of takes all those roles into one. Okay. Um, but in the story, it's multiple. Mm-hmm. But even in this movie, you see the prison guards just being dirty. <sighs> They're crooked. Um, I mean, they, they killed a guy. They killed I mean, a guy. They, they beat one guy yeah. his first night to death. Like, yeah. immediately. And it's just, yeah. And it's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, they figure out that, you know, they can use prison um, inmates as um, free labor. So they get them to tar roof. Um, while they're there, Andy overhears one of the captains, uh, Byron Hadley, complaining about being taxed on an inheritance. So he goes up and he's, I mean, He's got some gumption going up there and talking to him. He's like, I can get you out of this mess. Mm -hmm. So he really uses his wits and his brain to kind of figure out a way that he can work and get um, an easier Mm -hmm. sentence, essentially. He does the taxes for all these prison guards. Mm -hmm. He works in the library with one of the older inmates. I love the older inmate. Um, (sighs) his name uh no bobs is the bad guy oh yeah you just said that bobs is the bad guy that i can't remember his name i'll have to figure it out brooks 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 Brooks. yes brooks Mm -hmm. brooks eventually gets out and one thing i really like about this movie you see kind of what the prison system does to these men brooks gets out after 50 years in prison and cannot Mm -hmm. handle life outside of prison he's been in prison for 50 years so he kills himself um it was awful um red you know is also kind of a smuggler within the prison he has connections and andy asks red for a pick hammer he's like i want a pick hammer because i like geology yeah and red gets it for him yeah he's like i like rocks yeah you know (laughs) Doesn't question it, just gets him the hammer. Um, we see that, um, you know, Andy and Red befriend this guy named Tommy. Um, he was a younger prisoner incarcerated for bur- uh, burglary. Um, Andy helps him pass his GED, and um, during all this, we know that. We find out that Tommy knew his cellmate at another prison who confessed to the murders of Andy, or that Andy is serving life for. Um, 
So Andy brings the information to the warden. The warden is crooked. He doesn't want to listen to it. Um, so Andy kind of brings up the fact that he's kind of doing some light money laundering for the the prison officials. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of his scheme. Uh-huh. And so Norton sends Andy to solitary. During that time, they shoot Tommy, mm-hmm. um, who gave him the information. So we just see a lot of corruption. Um, yep. Andy and um, I'm I'm doing a really bad telling of this. Andy yeah, and Red are really close. Great. And they mm-hmm. talk and they, they really get to know each other and mm-hmm. they trust each other. Um, you know, Andy is released. He he tells Red that he's always dreamed of living in Mexico. Mm-hmm. If Red ever gets out, he needs to look him up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Red is like, you're losing your mind. He said, no, I want you to go to a hay field near Buxton. Um, and I, there's a package there that I want you to pick up. And yeah. Red's like, whatever, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the next day, you know, we see that Andy is doing the books for the prison warden as he always mm-hmm. does. Um, he shines the prison warden's shoes. He gets his clothes laundered. Um, mm-hmm. And then we kind of see him switch the books and yeah. we, we know something's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, they call red to the cell because they cannot find Andy. They don't know where he is. They call red in, you know, I don't know where he is. And red really doesn't, he doesn't know. Nope. Um Nobody knows. The warden starts throwing rocks because he's pissed. And he throws a rock at the Raquel Welch poster and it goes straight through. Mm -hmm. Um, And they find out that there is a tunnel behind this giant Raquel Welch poster. Before Raquel Welch, it was Rita Hayworth. Because remember, this was 1947 Mm -hmm. when he arrived. By this time, it is 1967. Mm-hmm. And Raquel Welch is all the rage. So she her poster is up there. Andy has, with the little tiny pick hammer, he has tunneled his way out. And in one of the best scenes, I love the scene because we have Morgan Freeman narrating what is happening on the screen. And we see um Andy slowly like picking out these mm-hmm. rocks behind this poster yeah. nobody was ever looking and then mm-hmm. he'd go out in the prison yard and kind of dump rocks and yeah. sand on his mm-hmm. like recess time i don't know what yes. you call it <laughs> um and recess. then we see you know and, and one of my favorite lines is when um red says i told him that it would take our i told him it would take about 200 years for someone to dig a hole out of that mm-hmm. tunnel but yeah. Andy always loved geology and all mm-hmm. it takes is rock and pressure. I mean, yeah, time and pressure uh-huh. and you've yeah. got time and pressure here. And so he, he tunneled his way into the sewage system. We yeah. see him watching this lightning strikes cause there's this huge storm. Mm-hmm. He hits the, the sewer system open. We see him like sliding through the sewer, yeah. like vomiting all the way. <laughs> so gross. Morgan Freeman calls it a half a mile of shit. Yes. And then he escapes in like the most amazing scene. You know, he's out in the river, just in the rain. He's free. And then, um, you know, they, 
they try to find him. They don't. We see another scene where he's walking into the bank dressed in a really nice uh, suit with some nice shiny shoes that he shined and stole. Mm -hmm. And he goes and withdraws all the money from the um, laundered bank account that he had kept for so many years. And then he makes his escape. Yeah. Um, Red eventually gets paroled. And when he gets paroled, he also finds it hard to adjust to modern life. But he decides to take Andy up on his crazy offer and goes to that field, the hay field, to the spot where he told him to dig up and finds um, money. Mm -hmm. So we find out that Andy has withdrawn over $370,000, which in that time was about $2.2 million. And he has escaped to Mexico. And the end scene shows Morgan Freeman's character and Tim Robbins' character greeting each other. And it's just, it's one of the best. Yes, I know. Um, That nearly ended very differently, but they wanted them to reunite. Um, I love this movie. I love it so much. I think it's such a good film. Um, Yep. Frank Darabont, you know, he wrote um, the screenplay for it. There were definitely parts added because, as I said, this was a short story. Like mm-hmm. his his love for opera, um, the part where he, you know, locks himself in the warden's room and plays opera over the prison yeah. mm-hmm. uh, station. That was all added in, but it, it just works beautifully. That's um, my favorite. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I think it's just really neat. Yeah. I think it's a great scene. And, you know, Stephen King is, he, he has an interesting um, way of writing about prison. You know, if you've watched The Green Mile. Yes. Um, it's kind of got that feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, it, it, I just love it. I love it so much. Um, and one thing I wanted to say was, this had a bigger hit when it came out on video than it did in the theaters. That's just um, crazy. It was it did not do well in theaters, but Warner Brothers still shipped out 320,000 rental copies to video stores and the spokesman was like it's kind of weird cuz it didn't do well in theaters, but it's still the <laughs> highest grossing one of the highest grossing video rentals of all time. Yeah. Um what else was I going to say? It just that happens sometimes. It's mm-hmm. people don't yeah. get things when they come out, and then it's afterwards. Well, that... And I feel like this was very much like a fast cult classic. Mm-hmm. Like once people started realizing how good it was, they went and saw it. Yeah. Um, a lot of the scenes, like up close, where Andy is like drawing in the wall. Mm-hmm. That those hands are actually Frank Darabont's, the director's, because he didn't he didn't have a way of showing them how he wanted it. He knew how he wanted yeah. it to look, so he would just do that in post production. Um, wow! That year, this was nominated for I want to say five Academy Awards. Let me just take a look here. Mm-hmm. It did not win any. It won shut out zero. Zero Academy Awards. Um, this was a big year. This was a big year. Read the this was like a very other big year. 
we know that this year, um, actor in a leading role was Tom Hanks. He won for Forrest mm-hmm. Gump. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman was nominated as a leading role for Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Nigel Hawthorne, Madness of King George, Paul Newman, Nobody's Full, and John Travolta, Pulp Fiction. Um, but, I mean, Tim Robbins didn't even get a nomination. That's which crazy. just boggles my mind. Yes. And um, Frank Darabont wasn't nominated no. for director either. Um, let me find the nominations if y'all will bear with me. Let's see what it was. But a lot of people now would say, you know, that was a, you know, it's a total snub. They're mad mm-hmm. that Forrest Gump won. They're pretty much Forrest Gump, I think, swept. It swept. It swept. So this was nominated Not for you. Best Picture, uh, be- Best Actor in a Leading Role, Best Writing Screenplay, mm-hmm. um, Best Cinematography, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, editing and Best Music. So, I mean, it yeah. had several nominations but they did not win um best picture that year of course went to forest forest gump so yeah um but i mean let me there's a whole group of people that that say like pulp fiction should have won instead of forest gump or shawshank should have won instead of forest gump well you know listen to the nominees i don't know how they chose because it was forest gump four weddings and a funeral Oh, that's a great one. Pulp Fiction, Quiz mm-hmm. Show, and The Shawshank Redemption. Like, great those year. are phenomenal movies. How do you choose? It is. I know. So. Yeah. It did not get a nomination, but one of the best movies of all time. And like I said, I dare you to try to find someone that doesn't <laughs> absolutely love this one. It is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> this movie has grown with time too i think it's uh mm-hmm. appreciated now for the greatness of it and i think mm-hmm. on, it's almost on every list of just like the greatest movies of mm-hmm. of all time and i think it's got really great lines in this movie too like very iconic uh what is it you get busy living or you get busy dying mm-hmm. um i love yep. the i Morgan guess when Freak. it comes down to a simple choice get busy living or get busy dying get busy dying yes I love that line. I like the line where he's talking about nobody had any idea what those two Italian ladies were singing about, but it was like the most beautiful sound anybody had ever heard mm-hmm. or something like I just I mm-hmm. love that too. When I love yeah. the one that he writes in the letter to Red, he says, remember Red, hope is a good thing, maybe yes. the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Ah, so good. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, I have no idea yeah. to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. Truth is, I don't want to know. No. Some things are best left unsaid. Yeah, I like to that. think they were yep. singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed mm-hmm. in words, and it makes your heart ache because of it. I tell yes. you, those voices soared higher and farther than anyone in a gray place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped in our drab little cage and made those wells dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man in Shawshank felt free. Oh, awesome. It, it's just, Gives the lines chills. in this movie are so poetic mm-hmm. and metaphoric. And just, yeah. it, like, my favorite one here 
I know I briefly mentioned it. He said, mm-hmm. Andy Dufresne, who crawled through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side. Like, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You know, uh, I always love, uh, I like prison stuff too. Like mm-hmm. I, I love the whole um, conversation and the whole, um, just like who really is the bad people. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the people that are in there. And I also love that line too, that he has where he's like, isn't it funny? I, I wasn't a, I didn't do anything outside of this. I, I learned to be a crook when I got inside these mm-hmm. walls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I learned how to be a crook mm-hmm. uh, was inside prison. So I just like that conversation. I think it's interesting. Like I loved uh, the green mile and I loved mm-hmm. orange. I loved orange is the new black, the show on Netflix um, that also like had a lot of similar themes of like uh, really portraying the struggle it is for people when they get out and it's like, did prison really do any like rehab anybody that whole conversation. Um, and I yes. think this movie portrays all well, of that. And it did very early on. Like, I don't know if we yeah. were like as a culture that we were talking as much about these themes, but Shawshank definitely did this early on. Well, and just the whole conversation Red has with the parole board, Mm -hmm. where he's like, I know what you think it means, but to me, it's a made-up word, a politician's word. Exactly, yes. So, it's Mm -hmm. like, what is rehabilitation, really? You know, is it, like, do you feel sorry? Mm -hmm. Or have you changed? Like, and what, if that's what prison is for, rehabilitation then where are the programs to rehabilitate instead of just keep people in the same cycle? I think this movie was excellent at pointing that out. Um, And just, you know, really these characters don't necessarily not, it's not that they don't want to take responsibility or ownership for their Mm -hmm. actions because Red did, you know, but he, Mm -hmm. he's just saying that, that man is long gone. That was a young kid. He's Mm -hmm. gone. Yep. This is me now. You know, it's like. He's institutionalized. Mm -hmm. That's the word that he uses. And Mm -hmm. um, um, the old man character that gets out and kills himself. um, Brooks. 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 um, He said he's he's a institutional man. Like there's no chance for him. Because this is all he knows inside these Mm -hmm. walls. And it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so anyway, that whole conversation I think is portrayed in this movie. I think they touch upon most of it, on all of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I I really like how you know, yeah, he escapes prison, but he was mm-hmm. innocent, and yeah. the people who were really in the wrong, the prison guards, the warden, they really had their in. You know, the warden had chose to end his old life before mm-hmm. he could really face responsibility for his own actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just an interesting dichotomy and mm-hmm. kind of a glimpse into how yeah. the system works. That's you know, right. the system. Yeah. Who's the quote unquote uh, crooks and bad people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's not the, the ones that are locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's great. It's just a classic, classic movie. 
It is. It's one of my favorites of all time. One of my favorites. And if you if you haven't watched it, please go watch it. What are you doing with your life if you haven't watched it? I think it's on a lot of a lot. It's on a lot of people's favorite, like all time favorite Mm -hmm. movies list. It's just one. It's highly rewatchable. Like this movie never gets old. Never. You can watch it ten times, twenty times. You'll still find things uh, to love about it. You're gonna find something that you love and that you relate to. The, the theme of hope, you know, just seeing yeah. Red's character transform from a hopeless man, a man who was not willing to believe in hope, to one mm-hmm. who at the end says, you know, I hope. It, it just, yeah, that's really it's beautiful. a cool thing. It's beautiful. It. Shelley, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? I'm pretty sure I watched this one in high school with a group. Yeah, you know the guy. Group. I think we did. Yeah, the guy group. Yep, I think mm-hmm. we did. I'm not sure that I was allowed to watch it because I don't know what it was rated. Was it R? I don't really yeah, know it why R. it was R. Probably mm-hmm. the language was mm-hmm. harsh the language of violence. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching it and thinking, "Oh my god, this movie is insane!" And I love it. <laughs> I think it was a lot of people's favorite movie back when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. Yeah. Um, do you have a top favorite scene in this movie? Tough. 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 I love the escape scene. I love the mm-hmm. scene where he's narrating his escape and we see how he does it. Because yeah. you know he's been working up to it. And if you've seen it, mm-hmm. like your first time watching it, you're like, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. And then mm-hmm. when it's like your 50th time watching it, you're still like, this is freaking amazing. I love it. He did that. That's crazy. He did that. And yeah, just, you still have that I reaction. Love that I love the scene on the roof mm-hmm. where he kind of bows up to the prison guard. But it, because he's so smart and calm. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. ache to be that calm under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, how do you pull that off? It just, mm-hmm. but because he knew, he had that confidence of, I know how I can, like, just the planning and the meticulous details from the very beginning, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. genius. I, I just is. I love those two scenes because you can just see his wheels turning, and mm-hmm. when you watch it again and you look back when he's sitting over there while they're all drinking their beer and he's just smiling, mm-hmm. I feel like he's scheming and he's like, "This is getting put into motion. This is gonna happen." Yes, I love that scene too. Love it, um, Shelley. So, who do you think stole the show? What performance? It's hard because both Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins did such a phenomenal job. I was yeah. surprised that Tim Robbins did not get a nomination for this. Me too. I think Morgan Freeman was absolutely amazing. Amazing. I, I just think he is any character he plays, he embodies it. And as Frank Garavant said he's like he he's has that authority authoritative like mm-hmm. demanding presence but he's mm-hmm. also very gentle like a grandfather you know yes yeah and he he plays these empathetic characters that he's you know 
he's yeah. not he's not a fool. He's no. nobody's pulling one over on him, but he's mm-hmm. also not a dick. And yes. I appreciate that. Yes. Um I loved mm-hmm. Tim Robbins' character. His performance was great. Mm-hmm. You know, he he played those guards so well. You know, just the way he he I don't know. Morgan Freeman, yeah. but also I, 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 they were tied. Tied. I love them tied. both. The guard, the warden, played an awful, awful villain very mm-hmm. well. Bob Bob Gutton is, is, mm-hmm. is his name, and, he, and he's a good character actor. He's been in other is. stuff. Yeah, but yeah. You hate him by the time hate this movie is him. over. Yes. Yeah. Um, Shelley, do you identify with any of the characters in this movie? I wouldn't say identify with the characters, but the mm-hmm. theme of pulp. You know, yes. I really do yep. identify with that. I like mm-hmm. because when you go through when your life just kicks your ass, it's easy to yeah. just be like, I'm done. Like it's mm-hmm. not gonna get any better. But yeah. to have someone who literally was framed and mm-hmm. serving two consecutive life prison like that person has hope. I yeah. Know. You know, that's yeah, it's inspiring. It's mm-hmm. inspiring. So just that kind of overall overarching theme. I can relate to that. I agree. Yes. That's um, also a very universal theme. I think Mm -hmm. that I think, I think a lot of people can grasp onto that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that they should take from this movie. Like it's very dark, like for such a dark subject, this movie has a lot of lightness and, levity mm-hmm. and hope like it really could have been mm-hmm. like very very um depressing i think mm-hmm. but the way that the movie is written and done it just like it doesn't dwell in that desperate like mm-hmm. yeah yes it's hopeful mm-hmm. yeah um so how do you think this movie has aged i think this movie has aged very well Mm-hmm. I don't think you can watch this movie and say, no, this is wrong with it. This is wrong. It's still a brilliant piece of work. Um, I think mm-hmm. choosing Morgan Freeman as Red was probably one of the best casting decisions. He was perfect for that character. I think Tim Robbins did a great job. Mm-hmm. Like it, the themes still resonate. You know, totally. um, yeah, I don't see anything in this that's controversial or offensive. It's, I think it's aged very well, and has gotten more yeah. popular with age. Mm-hmm. And people I think appreciate so. it more now. Yeah, and like we were talking about with the piano and like women's rights and stuff, and that conversation that we're still having mm-hmm. now. I think in many ways we're still having like the prison reform conversation. Um still mm-hmm. in our culture today that whole conversation mm-hmm. about privatization so. of prisons you know mm-hmm. just yeah yes i mm-hmm. think it's a very relevant conversation and i think it's mm-hmm. excellently portrayed in this movie i think so too especially like a period piece too like you're, mm-hmm. you're still back in time and you're mm-hmm. still like dealing with and you're these seeing issues. the same things you're seeing the today. same yeah, yeah. Same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, Shelly, this is just the best. It's a great classic up there, top of the list movie. Mm-hmm. And so I again thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this movie. Me too. I enjoyed rewatching the piano. I mean, these were really good ones. Too. Really good. Back to back to 90s mm-hmm. classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Well, Andra, let's see. Yes. Do you know what you're doing next week or do you want me to say mine first? Oh. Um, you can say yours. I think I have decided. I do. I I think okay. I have. Yeah. But go for go for yours first. Go. Mine go is more recent. Well, I say okay. more recent. It's 2007. Okay. Daniel Day-Lewis. There will be blood. Okay. All right. That's a great one. Um, Shelly, I don't know if I can admit this or not on this podcast. But you have I'm gonna to. go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and admit to everyone out there. And you can slap my hand for this confession right here. And I know it's one of the best movies of all time in recent years. I've never seen There Will Be Blood. You're in for a treat. Now, this is another... Slap slap my hand. No, because it's not for everyone. This is also another movie based off a book by Upton Sinclair. Those of you who don't know, Upton Sinclair was a a great author, a turn of the century. He wrote turn of the 20th century, 21st century. He wrote, he wrote the jungle. Um, he often wrote about, you know, oppressive society and government. Um, this one is specifically where oil is concerned. Yes. And um, we, we, uh, have a lot of like experience and knowledge with that. Mm-hmm. I really thought about up. this movie when I was watching killers of the flower moon. Ah, um, okay. Some of the themes are very similar. Greed, mm-hmm. you know, um, the links that people will go to. Yes. And Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't do bad movies. No, he does not. He, so he definitely it is does not. not one that you're going to be like, oh, that movie made me feel so good. <laughs> but this is a really freaking good movie uh, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's got Daniel Day-Lewis. Aldano and uh Kyron Hens and it's it's good. It's good. But strap yourself okay. in because it's also I mean it's almost three hours. It's two and a half hours long, so I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean we we again like we talked about last week, it's the Oscars. They mm-hmm. you know, it's they're typically dramatic. They're typically long movies. And mm-hmm. I think up until recent years, they have done a little bit different nominations, but you know, that's typically what an Oscar nominated mm-hmm. movie um, is. So Shelly, okay, this is a great pick. I'm excited to watch it. It's always been on my list. Like I need to watch it. You will love it. I I think you will love it. It is it, it's good. You're you're gonna really like it. Okay. All right. So I've I've been like making sure that my movie was nominated for best picture, and I'm I'm double checking here because this is I'm even gonna go more recent than your pick, Shelley. Oh. Oh. Okay. 
like pretty recent. I'm going to go 2019, 2019 year, which was not that long ago. And I am going to cover The Favorite. Have you seen this movie, Shelley? Have you seen it? It's Yorgos Lanthimos' last movie that he made. The Favorite? The Favorite. It stars Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weiss. And this is I have about... not seen this one. Ah, oh, you're going to love it, too. Um, it's really kind of... Have you seen Yorgos Lanthimos' movies like before? He makes very odd movies. Like mm-hmm. they're just different. This one is really funny. Um, but it's like 18th century England. It's about um Queen Queen Anne and okay. like her two female um lovers played by Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone. Okay. And Olivia Coleman is playing Queen Anne and she's just like, oh my gosh. I love Olivia Coleman. I do too. She won act. She won Best Actress this year for this role. The movie was nominated uh, for Best Picture. Um, twenty nineteen was also a really fabulous year for movies. Mm-hmm. And, like a really crazy Oscar nomination list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, the favorite. Hopefully, you can find it. Okay. I'm like, where is it streaming? I know it's somewhere, but the favorite. The favorite. Anyway, the favorite. It's bizarre. It's weird. It's funny. It's quirky. I mean, it sounds like something right up my alley. It's a period piece, but it's not like your typical. um, Definitely feels like Sofia Coppola. We talked about Marie Antoinette. It's kind of more in that. um, Mm -hmm. Same thing screwball oddball uh period piece so yes i'm gonna do the favorite i'm um, excited might... me too i think we'll have one more week after next week right yeah i think mm-hmm. okay. and then it's time for the oscars well, it's time for the oscars i, I can't might believe- I know. I might do like a, this past year or year before nominee again for the next week. We'll see. There's so many movies we could There's pick so from. Many. It's just it's just so hard to decide. It's very difficult. We're, we're going to have to do Oscars part 2 and just I don't know. We have covered a lot of movies up until this point that have been nominated for best picture already. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um so any hoodle the favorite and there will be blood i don't think you can go wrong with these two movies uh-uh. no Mm-mm. you'll be blown and you away. haven't seen you haven't seen my pick and i haven't seen your pick no i'm really excited for you to see this and i'm excited okay. to see that because i love the actresses i mean so those three are yep. phenomenal and i i like your ghost i like his work mm-hmm. yeah his stuff before really enjoy it Yes. Thomas Anderson's great. You're going to yes. love it. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited Me to watch too. it. All right, people, go watch these movies. Come back and listen to the pod. Yes. How about that? We'll see you next week. See you next week. And happy Galentine's Day, people. Happy Galentine's Day. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.